My name is Ryan Smith. And my name is Shannon Hartley. You're listening to the Eastern Oregon Connection, a show celebrating small town community and highlighting the people that make it great. We'll be talking with local business owners, nonprofits, city leaders, farmers, and a host of other interesting people. We hope you'll join us for some personal stories, laughs, local news and events, and an all-around good time. This is the EO Connection. Connection. Welcome into the Eastern Oregon Connection. This is Shannon Hartley here with my co-host, Ryan Smith. How you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. We recorded our first episode in the new studio just now. I don't even know that we ever announced that we were going to be moving into a new studio. So yeah, yeah we're, we're uh, here in a new studio that we're that we're leasing out and it has an awesome vibe. It is super cool. So the quality of conversation may not improve because you're still stuck with Shannon and I, but <laughs> <laughs> non-audio engineers, right? But the sound quality itself uh, should hopefully improve. And and like Shannon said, this is a pretty cool spot to hang out. So uh, we're really excited about it. But we got to visit with Pendleton Parks and Recreation employee Kaylee Cope today. Communications director, communications something, communications outreach coordinator, I believe. Something Some- like that. Yeah, communications. She works. Yeah. So we've we've given high praise to Pendleton Parks and Rec several times throughout the podcast for for a lot of the cool community events they put on. It was excellent to sit down with Kaylee, get to know her story a little bit too. Yeah, I know. She uh it was just good getting to know her, her back her backstory and just all the things going on with Parks and Rec this summer. So many cool things and ways for people to volunteer and um, you know, events for kids and adults to go to. So it's it's a really good listen, very informative for, for people in the area. Yeah, and just a lot of fun, of course, sharing stories, visiting with Kaylee. So um, if you have, you know, some some questions about Parks and Rec, this is, a, this is a good episode for you to tune into. All right, let's get into it. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome into the Eastern Oregon Connection. We are reporting with our first episode in our new studio. Are we Are we reporting <laughs> some news? <laughs> this just in. We are visiting with our friend Kaylee Cope today from Pendleton Parks and Recreation. How are we doing today, Kaylee? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you for having <laughs> me today. Thanks for bearing with us while we got the, the kinks worked out in our new setup here. Um, we may show a video of our new studio layout or something like that when we get things going, but anyways, we're here for you. So <laughs> what is your title with Parks and Rec? My title is communications coordinator. And what does that entail? That entails a her lot being, of her things. Her being at podcasts to talk <laughs> about Parks and Rec. This <laughs> is what I do all day, every day. <laughs> all, of, all of the podcasts yeah, in all Eastern the, Oregon? all the podcasts. There's lots of them out here. <laughs> yeah, tough life. <laughs> um, no, uh, I am in charge of basically all things communications. Um, I also write all of our grants. Um, I oversee a lot of our fundraising efforts. Um, I'm involved in our strategic plan. I manage our Facebook and our social media. Uh, you typically probably both of you get emails from me a lot. Um, They're my favorite ones. Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do I do? I manage our parks volunteers. Um, so our lovely people who go out and, you know, keep our parks clean and help us report on, you know, vandalism or just things that are broken. What else? Do you have, for the volunteers, do you have a, li- a list? Mm-hmm. That you just like reach out to? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a list and then I have people who are a little more motivated and they will adopt a park or they'll they'll adopt a section of uh, the Riverwalk. So what does that mean exactly? um, It means that they agreed to a one-year commitment to take care of a park. 
Um, we usually kind of set, we talk about their availability and their, what they're willing to commit to. And it may be, some of them go as far as, you know, they want to paint the graffiti as as soon as it's there and they're out there repairing things, fixing park benches, um, helping keep the bathrooms clean, you know, things, you know, they, they're out there every day. And Mm -hmm. then we have others who, um, you know, they'll, they route, they prefer to do like a whole day a month where they'll go out there all day and they'll work, but it's a year commitment and we usually, you know, kind of let them. Slack off in the winter. I wouldn't say slack off. Take a break. Uh, we don't expect them to be out there trudging through the snow. Uh-huh. So. so when people sign on for that kind of commitment, is there, like, what's the process if they decide to kind of fizzle out a little bit as the year goes on? Are you knocking on doors? or? You know, uh, I send check-in emails every month, and I'll kind of notice that we'll get some crickets. So then I'll start sending some personal emails out, you know, to check and see and, sure. um, and try and reach them. Yes, and I don't want to focus too much on the negative. This is a great program, and it sounds like this is totally volunteer-based. Or Yeah, they come to us. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know about this, but this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like a great way to get involved with the community and help out. Yeah, and in fact, we've wanted to speak with somebody with parks for some time because we just you know, enjoy so many of the benefits, especially having a young family in town. But I guess let's back up a little bit to your path into parks and recreation. And um, you're not from Pendleton originally, correct? Correct. Okay. Do you have one place you would say you were born and raised? Where do your roots take you? Um, I tell everyone I'm from Vail, Oregon. Um, that is where go I... Vikings. Go <laughs> yeah, Vikes. Go Vikings. I love Vikings. that. Um, I graduated high school from there. So I attended sixth grade through high school. Um, but I am all over the place. I can tell you places I don't want to live. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Um, I've lived uh, in Portland. I've lived on the coast. I've lived in Southern mm. California. I've <clears throat> lived in Vegas. I've lived in Idaho. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so what's what like what city in Southern California? What city in Idaho? Like, okay, yeah. What are we talking? Um, so I've lived in Corona, California okay, and I've Palm Springs. Oh, nice. So that's very hot. Yes. Down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I lived in Las Vegas for a little while growing up. And then I lived in Fruitland, Idaho, which is just right over Small the... Small town, yeah, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that kind of feels almost like a suburb. Like they don't even have a grocery store. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they all go to Ontario, right across the river. So they sense. have a couple gas stations and a little bit, you know, smaller like boutique stores. Mm-hmm. But you can't even go to like, a Fruitland, Idaho gas station. The Maverick or the wow. Maverick gas station is the grocery store there. <laughs> I'm only familiar with Fruitland by ways of baseball. But since you mentioned Vale, I have to just give a quick shout out to my my in laws and my. Um, little brother-in-law Brooks Howder. He's uh, he's at the tail end of high school oh. with the Vale Vikings. So <laughs> I love that athlete over there and, and family that lives over there. So quick shout out to them. But these different areas you've lived in, do you you kind of feel like in your mind you have to compare a lot when you're living in different areas, or you, what's that process like of getting settled in? Um, not a lot of comparison. I just now I think I was self-aware at a younger age of what I like. And, you know, I'm much more of a small town girl. Um, I appreciate familiar faces in the grocery store. And I think that's just a personality thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's people who love to go to a grocery store and never see a single soul. Um, And they love sitting in traffic. Um, You know, they like to listen to podcasts like this in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good plug right there. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm more of the, I love to spend five minutes, you know, driving to and from work and getting to be in an area that you feel like you have a lot of allies Mm. You know, and you if you are broken down on the side of the road, it's going to take 30 seconds for someone who knows you to see you and help you. 
um, versus, you know, I feel like in those times where we're all human and we need help, small town community is just top notch. Absolutely. And it's <clears> awesome. That, that really is kind of the ticket to what we're doing with this podcast. And it's funny because when we talk about like what brings people to Pendleton, what they like about it, why have they chosen to stay if they have been from other places, it feels like the people is kind of the recurring theme, just that sense of community and connection and engagement. So how long have you lived in Pendleton? I've lived in Pendleton a little over three years now. Okay. And I, I love it. I, I've lived in, you know, I've moved <laughs> along a little ways in different towns. And I would say as far as small community goes, Pendleton is the most welcoming, inviting and exciting place to live. So you don't plan on leaving yet? I do not, no. <laughs> Great. No, I bought a house here. I'm pretty well-rooted, so I keep accumulating horses and pets, so... <laughs> <laughs> Just keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So you mentioned horses. Talk a little bit about what you'd like to do off work, I guess. Oh, off work? I usually rush home. I grab my two dogs, and I head to the barn, um, where if I'm not riding at the barn I board at, I'm hauling over to Hermiston, and I, I ride with a, a reigning cow horse trainer twice a week. Mm. And nice. so, yeah. So you didn't ride much growing up. Oh, I have been a horse girl, okay. embarrassingly, since I could talk. Okay. I used to be in Southern California. I'd be like three years old, and I would ask my mom to stop to feed the horses carrots on the side of the road. So <laughs> I'm not crazy anymore. I, I I've grown out of that. I will admit, a time in my life, I was a little bit of that crazy horse girl that we all make yeah. fun of. But you never like competed growing up. I did a little bit, like junior rodeo or I did equestrian or anything. Yeah, I did a little bit in there, and then I kind of focused heavily on volleyball. So I was a volleyball player. Go Vikes and go Chucks. Those are my uh, (laughs) alum. Yeah, Treasure Valley. Treasure Valley. So the Chuckers. The Chuckers. Chuckers. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Dang, so. you're on it today, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got the Eastern Oregon he sports he knows his uh, far Eastern Oregon <laughs> teams. Sure. So volleyball was kind of your sport of choice. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Vail's incredibly competitive. There's awesome coaches in Vail. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was just one of those things where you could play year-round if you wanted to, which which I pretty much did. You know, yeah. camps all summer. Mm-hmm. Then you had season. Then you had winter, winter ball. Sure. And then I moved into track and we were still playing volleyball on top of track. I was, you know, I was only a dual sport athlete, but there were times where I was two sports at the same time just because oh, we were yeah. so competitive. Totally. So we talked with Dean Foquet about that transition from, you know, being a player for your whole life to, you know, when those sports go away and you're not, I'm assuming you don't play much volleyball anymore. Do you remember that transition for you when it was kind of like the games stopped happening and you didn't have a team to belong to anymore? That was so hard. That was really <laughs> hard for me. I would say I struggle. I'm very competitive. Um, and I also just, um, I'm kind of obsessed with getting better at something. Um, so I've transitioned back to the horse world as far um, mm-hmm. with my like with my training expertise and you know getting better in that aspect of things because mm-hmm. um, I wandered around a little bit aimlessly I think I was just what lost what, what should I do here <laughs> yeah with I kind my of life? <laughs> I bought that house and I was super motivated on the house for a while I was I mean painting and ripping down walls and you know just <laughs> totally. doing all of it myself and then I kind of grew out of that and um, I've latched back onto horses, but it was, it was a really hard transition. I'm a, I would say I'm like an extroverted introvert. <laughs> so the sports was nice cause I could like be physically active and have my mm-hmm. teammates, but I didn't have to be friends with them. Like, <laughs> I could have my two friends still and I could like, we all had the same goal in mind and it was sure. that good outlet and that I kind of had to wander around and 
I had this like, I wanted more friends, but I didn't want more friends. And I wanted <laughs> to be competitive, but I didn't know where to be competitive. So it was a lot of aimless kind of just, I felt lost, I would say. Yeah, totally. So it sounds like you, you just kind of found some, some other hobbies and interests to take your time and yeah. keep going, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And, and I would say that I forgot that when you're not an athlete anymore, you can't eat as much. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, I'm having that problem. Oh man. <laughs> that took me a minute to adjust to that. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's uh, I haven't adjusted and it's been like 12 years, so. Well, you're hanging in there, buddy. <laughs> so, okay, I guess circling back to Parks and Rec, was that your first and only job since you've been in Pendleton or That this has been my first and only professional job moving forward into my career of communications and marketing. So, they scooped me up right out of college and Love it. yeah, moved over here and it's been great. What was the process to uh, to come visit and apply? Did you already live in Pendleton? No, uh, I was finishing my degree in uh, LaGrande at Eastern Oregon University. Mm-hmm. Go Mountaineers. Go Mounties. Go Mounties. <laughs> so we have a f- house full of Mounties in the studio here. All three of us have spent time at Eastern. Yeah. So, yeah. But Rang, anyway, sorry, Rang go ahead. I graduated from there. I did my first two years before I transferred down to the U of O, oh. which I... Do you guys want to say when you graduated? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. When when did you graduate? I'm trying to think because it was it was a five year deal <clears> for me pursuing the CPA. So it was like I think I graduated in fifteen. Yes, okay. 2015. Got my bachelor's. Yeah. So uh, I went to Eastern as a freshman, 2010, and was there for two years. So in 2012, that's when I transferred to the U of O. Graduated from the U of O in 2015. How about you? 2019. Nice. <laughs> Is that still considered new grad? We've I got guess some not. Youth in the room. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that's funny. Um, so, did you go to school for communications or anything like that? I. That's, that's actually what I was studying when I was at Eastern was communications. Um, I have an English writing degree, so I was okay. like uh, with an emphasis in public writing, um, yeah. but I was also a creative writer. I've got a couple little small publications out there. Um, what are they? Let's hear them real quick. Uh, let's hear them. Uh, one of them's a why he calling and the other one is a poem. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Do I No. I left that world behind me. <laughs> uh, but yeah. No, okay. That's, that's awesome. Nice. Um, did you have any, uh, well, did they have, do they have a journalism track at Eastern? They do. And they have an MFA program there oh, okay. um, as well. Mm. Um, I just, I kind of had this plan where if I, when I graduated college, if I didn't get a job, I'd go back to firefighting. Um, and then if I, then I would just continue my master's, but you know, Parks and Rec scooped me right up. So, um, that's been a great career move for me. That's really helped me propel forward into like adulthood. Sure. Yeah. Those first jobs out of, out of college are so important, 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 important on the brain. Um, like my, my first job out of college, I think I told you earlier, I was a college admissions counselor right out of college. And I feel like that helped me so much in, you know, just with organization, time management, working with a team, um, scheduling, like so many different things. Um, do you feel kind of the same way in, in your, in this position? Yeah, I think this position has has helped me really emotionally mature. Um, I, you know, in previous jobs I had, I was like a wildland firefighter or I was an athlete. Um, whereas there's very, not a lot of customer service involved. Um, and you know, the parks and rec office is very unique. 
being that it's also the cemetery office. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't so, realize that. Actually. Yes. Yeah, um, it was right, like, lo- located right there. But No, it's like emotional whiplash <clears throat> every day. One minute you're helping a grieving family, and the next minute you're signing up four kids for swim lessons. Wow. And they can be all in the same room, like, in line <laughs> waiting. Oh, wow. I didn't, I mean, I knew the cemetery was right there. I didn't realize there was that much of a connection. Mm-hmm. So, and either. your role involves both. Um, yeah, I kind of help back up our, you know, our main office specialist, Melissa, um, with the cemetery, you know, as needed. Um, and that took a lot of adjustment for me. So I'm pretty, you know, happily, happy, bubbly. And, um, you know, when a grieving family is upset, I like would cry too. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, there's something too that like, uh, absorbing what's happening around you with other people and stuff too. So, I mean, I I see that with people too and customers and stuff like they come in in a happy mood and you all of a sudden get kind of elevated and you feel pretty Mm -hmm. good but then you kind of have to try to adjust like from one minute to the next would be just outrageous (laughs) you gotta meet you gotta meet people where they're at yeah (laughs) yeah there's a lot of energetic when we're super pumped for summer adventure camp but oh (laughs) you guys this is the worst day of your life (laughs) yeah it's like ups and downs like it kind of like it took me a long time to adjust to that you know, or I would finally get low, you know, and be with the grieving family. And then I would answer the phone and be like, Parks and Rec. You know, I'd be sad and they'd want to sign their child up for summer adventure camp. And I would have to <laughs> snap back out of it because I would have that, you know, very solemn, quiet voice. And I have to get excited again. So that was hard. That was, was a trip. Yeah, that's a wild ride. No kidding. <laughs> so um, you mentioned summer adventure camp. I guess I was hoping just to kind of brag for you guys about a few things that we're involved in now and I feel like summertime has got to be like one of the best times to talk about parks and rec with all the cool stuff you guys are doing so um first of all you know music in the park with the first uh concert of the month was last night that was pretty cool to get the family down there turnout I think that was awesome and we had a wonderful band they were pretty unique yeah Um, they totally were that was yeah what was uh what was that one song that they sang last night? It was the microfiber, microfiber towel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with, a, with a German accent. <laughs> I'm not going to do the guy a disservice and try to repeat it, but yeah. they had this whole song with an accent about microfiber cloths and towels. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, they had some other songs that were, you know, well put together, and it was it was hilarious. But it was this, it was a duet, and the one guy mostly played the the bass and um then there was a lady that did vocals and i think she had an instrument she pulled up at times too i think she had like a clarinet or one something like that yeah so it's air instrument month of july wednesdays from six to eight at roy rayleigh park is that right yep every wednesday in july Mm -hmm. and then movies in the park kicks off tomorrow at community park east so do you know what's playing tomorrow you know what i brought a book um (laughs) mighty ducks Oh, oh yeah, Mighty the Ducks? Mighty Ducks. Ooh, yes. Okay. Oh, uh, sponsored by Wild Horse Family Funplex. Oh, nice. So there's these things called licensing fees that we have to pay for in order to uh, play, play movies publicly, you know, on a big screen. Mm-hmm. And so we look for community sponsors. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we figure out how many movies we're going to play that summer. And then we try and get a local business or organization to sponsor that movie for the night just to cover the fees, you know, so that we can provide this free mm-hmm. community program to everybody and um, which is awesome. So I want to give a shout out to Wild Horse Family Funplex for sponsoring the Mighty Ducks. Awesome. Yeah. So the first Go movies Ducks. in the park, this kicks off basically at as it gets dark. Dusk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Community Park East. That's the one where 
you know, you had flooding down there at the creek here a couple of years ago. Yeah, but, you'll enter on 37th Street. Yeah, so that's really cool. I took my son for his first time last summer. I think we went and watched Sonic or Jurassic Park or something, but you guys got the big blow-up projector on the lawn. It's a really cool thing, especially for young families. I would encourage you to go if you haven't. Yeah, um, no, that's that's really cool. So do you guys, uh, for like the music in the park, mm-hmm. do, you, do you set all of that up? How do you schedule bands or do you communicate with someone who... So we partner with Sounds Like Entertainment. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Adam Mack, and um, he does all of that. He is the music guru. They do okay. all of the sound, um, and that he recruits all of the music. He gets that all set up for us. Okay. Um, and yeah. is he is he local here in Pendleton? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should get him on the podcast sometime. No, he's yeah. great. In fact, uh, Adam forwarded me the the digital flyer for the music in the park just a couple of days ago. So, oh. Adam, if you're listening, we'd love to chat with you. I think he's involved in the music scene just like. Uh, Mr. Brian Baird is who helped us get the internet up and rolling in our studio. Another that's music right. guy that's does mm-hmm. does stuff downtown. So he's going to be playing out at Wheatstock, I think, soon. Oh, cool! Yeah, so uh, we'd love to have more musicians in the house here soon to to chat with. But um, the Aquatic Center, I feel like, is another thing to brag about. I mean, that's that's some infrastructure that's been around for a while. But I think for the size of our town, that is an unreal commodity. It's like the largest aquatic facility in the region. We've, we get people buying season passes from yeah. Tri-Cities and Walla Walla, and they come down here every weekend to, to swim. So I think even a lot of people, even though Hermiston has has their aquatic center, and Milton Freewater does too, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like people from those communities still come over here just because it's larger and there's just... like It's when you a four-acre facility. Yeah, it's it's spaced out, which is really mm-hmm. nice because some of the other aquatic parks, you just kind of get crammed, in, especially on really hot days. Yeah. There's just so many people. The slide lines are so long, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't feel as crowded, I don't think, in Pendleton. But we will have more people. We just have that space and all that green grass. So yeah. People can get out, and, you know, get out of the sun and get off the concrete. And I think also what's nice is we have a phenomenal concession stand. Yeah, you know where you can bring the whole family and you guys can have your snacks and and actually have something mm-hmm. other than you know candy and pretzels. You know you can get all sorts of things. We've got like jalapeno poppers and chicken strips, and you know you can actually just have some easy food and good drinks. We have an awesome ice cream machine. Mm. So mm. I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm doing no dairy right now. So it's dairy free. A dairy free ice yep. cream? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I well, the no excuses, soon. my friend. Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> There's a pineapple flavor. I hope they still have it. But. So, um, churros was always my thing at the pool. Yep, they still have those. Yeah. Perfect. My uh, my wife used to work in the concession stand at the pool. Oh. I was a lifeguard. I thought she was a lifeguard. She was a lifeguard. First she was a lifeguard, and then she worked in the concession stand the next summer. And when she worked in the concession stand, I was a lifeguard. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, my wife, I think she did one summer in the concession stand as well. So, I mean, obviously, that's a cool facility. Lots of people like to use it. But what I also like is just all those other kind of intangibles you don't consider, like how many, how many jobs are created for kids through the summertime to go be lifeguards and to do, you know, there's also swim lessons and oh, stuff like 60. that. Over 60 kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jeff Hamilton pours his life into that pool. Love that guy. I, I think he was probably your boss. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Love Jeff. Yeah, he uh, he is amazing. He puts his heart and soul in that pool, and I think he's a phenomenal boss. I think he's got the patience, you know, for those high school kids that that might be their first job. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, all of them, you know, leave there with a good experience from the summer. And, <clears throat> um, 
no, he's phenomenal. So yeah, he's, I, a lot of credit goes to Jeff for that pool being so great. Sure. He's, he's so laid back and easy to get along with. And like you said, just understands that this is the first job for a lot of these kids mm-hmm. and works with them so well. Yeah. I had an incredible experience as yeah. a lifeguard working under, under Jeff. He's a good dude. Don't tell him I said that, that he is a good guy. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I first got to know Jeff through, I think, the men's league softball, but he's got his hands in all sorts of stuff, the skating rink, the pool, uh, a lot of that stuff. I actually wrote down several names of, I mean, I, I feel like I'd do a disservice by naming some of the people here, but uh, just, just to kind of credit some of the folks that do fine work for Parks and Rec, and I'm sorry if I haven't mentioned your name, but you know, Liam, I think, is he the director for yes. Parks and Rec? Okay. B- big, tall fellow, very nice guy in the community. Jeff Hamilton, I think we, we covered that. John Bullard is another guy that mm-hmm. I really enjoy working with. He's organizes, you know, T-ball and some of those other community-type activities. Good dude. Um, the rest of these names are kind of uh, ties through McLaughlin Landscaping, which is where I work. Um, there's, you know, with Parks and Rec and the facilities maintenance and stuff, there's been some overlap over the years. So Todd Kliegel, you know, kind yeah. of a, a guy that I go b- way back with, good dude, um, worked for McLaughlin's for many years, and now he's got some kind of management role for, for Parks and Rec. Yep, he's the park supervisor now. Okay. Shout out to Toddy. And then Jeremy Johnson and, and uh, <clears throat> Zach Lipscomb. Mm-hmm. So just a couple guys that are grinding out there, trying to trying to keep the parks looking nice. So I know there's many others out there, but I just wanted to give a, a shout out to those those few names there. Yeah, I think everyone at park, you know, in Parks and Recreation, we all have one goal, and that's you know for the community to thrive. Mm-hmm. And I would say everyone in the office pours their heart and soul into what they do. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. How often do you guys? Um, have I guess what you would call just like brainstorming sessions about like new ideas or new events and that kind of stuff that's you know pretty much an ongoing an ongoing thing um we get together once a week you know and um if someone has an idea they'll you know bring it to the group you know Mm -hmm. our administrative group and um kind of you know see what everyone thinks and you know we'll come up with plans and Liam's awesome in the fact that he really you know um, encourages people to have ideas and to run with them. And, um, he offers a lot of support there with his experience. And so, um, we've been coming out with a lot more events lately, um, mm-hmm. than what Parks and Rec used to do. So we just keep getting busier. That's good. And I, I think a lot of people probably don't realize, you know, events don't just happen. They've been mm-hmm. very well prepared for, for probably a long time. So, I mean, I would think you guys are just constantly working on things for preparation for the, for events and, yeah. all of that. I would say, you know, on average for events, um, <clears throat> it's probably an eight month dedicated process. Uh, and then we usually, you know, take a couple months off, you know, between, you know, that good period, four months or so. Like the winter time? Yeah. Uh, I'm just, it kind of depends on when the event is, Okay. you know, so like daddy daughter dance, you know, that's a huge event here. Yeah. Um, that, you know, planning period, I would say, you know, Right after Daddy Daughter Dance, it's a couple months, you know, or a few months to just rest from that because that is a huge production that John Bullard puts so much time into. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Are there, is there any other? Oh, Summer Adventure Camp. I wanted to touch on yeah. that a little bit. You want to tell our listeners kind of what that entails? Summer Adventure Camp is awesome. It is. But it go is, ahead. You <laughs> know, yeah, too. like it's it's great. Um, 
you know, it runs 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Now we keep expanding it. So, uh, you know, when it started, it was only like a four hour camp and um, it just continues to grow. And John, you know, hires phenomenal staff that are great with kids. You know, they have they kind of take on that camp counselor role and mm-hmm. um, they're there every day, you know, putting in the work. And um, they're they're all really good kind of role model Um kids you know they're they're mainly high school or just out of high school you know they can still have that fun you know kind of relatability um so those kids kind of i think all kind of bond with you know their camp leader and um they get to do fun things every week we get special guests every week that come out and do some sort of like educational activity um i know one that i've you know went and viewed myself as well um was the fire department came out and they got to give them tours of you know their fire trucks and they got to shoot the water gun and um the forest services come out and they got to do educational activities there Mm. um and i know um so i think on fridays they have a water day um so i'm gonna try and snap some pictures tomorrow i think like (laughs) water balloons or something is involved (laughs) um but they get to go to the pool once a week they get to go to the library once a week um, all day it's filled with activities and educational things and games and sports and all sorts of stuff. So, and this is for what ages exactly? Um, it's for K through sixth grade, you know, the starting the fall of the year. So they have to be K through sixth grade fall of 2022. Okay. Gotcha. And I think you can sign up for, you know, one week at a time, right? So this program goes through most of the summer, but you can... Yeah, right? so we offer a pretty flexible, um, it's weekly registration, so you can either register per week, or if you wanted to, you could register for the whole summer and set up a payment plan. So you can lock mm-hmm. in your spot, right, all summer long, but you can only, you can be billed bi-weekly or monthly. Um, we offer that option as well, um, and we have a scholarship program, you know, for families um, who, you know, may need some help you know, uh, financially, um, to get that paid for. And, um, yeah, but we've been filling up every week. So. And is there, is there a cap? We're capped at 80. We try really hard to have a 10 to one ratio. Um, so we have, you know, we have what we call rovers, um, and they migrate between groups to make sure all the groups' needs are met. And then we also have, uh, we try and have 10 kids to one camp counselor. Um, you know, that kind of, we try and beat that, private industry standard just so that kids are getting the adequate care they need and they get that kind of a little bit of that one-on-one as well as group bonding. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're, so I guess we've covered a lot of different parks and rec programs. Maybe the website is kind of a good resource to sign up for any of these programs or services. Yeah. Um, so we use the registration software called active. Uh, they are a global recreation and event software. Um, and you can create an account and that's where anything that's open for registration, you can, you know, go log on and register and pay online. Um, you can always browse our website for more information and, you know, find links to register to programs. Um, my, my one key thing here is don't create a new account if you already have one. <laughs> so, yeah, cause then suddenly you'll have seven accounts with us that when we, register you over the phone or if you come into our office we have to look through through seven ryan's so (laughs) (laughs) duly noted yeah we're trying to push that a little more because we'd love to see people utilize online but 
Yeah. I do the same thing. I've got, you know, a bunch <clears throat> of different emails and I'll just, you know, I don't know my password. I don't want to deal with resetting a password. Oh man. Right. <laughs> you know, just, just make a new account. Please Let's, don't do that. <laughs> let, let's gripe about that for a minute though because <laughs> you're supposed to have a password with you know 10 characters uppercase lowercase symbol and it changes every 30 days and you can't write it down how in the hell do you keep up with that <laughs> yeah those passwords that you have to change every once in a while mm-hmm. those are awful oh my can't, gosh stand up. <laughs> i i've just started adding like a numerical number and i can tell you guys where i started with uh <laughs> but i uh, just i just keep adding on to it you know now i was just <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what I that's what I did this with when I had a password like that. I was like blah 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 one, blah 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 two, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know I can usually get it within three tries because I'll just remember the last one it was mm-hmm. and I just have to add on the next number. <laughs> but know? then you get so far along and you forget the digit you that's were on. true. That's true. I if we're gonna gripe about anything, it's when you hit reset password and you enter your new password and they say cannot be old password. Oh goodness, yeah, you're right. That's not fun at all. Let's send a verification email to your old email address and go, yeah, then you got to change that password because you haven't checked it in a while. Anyways. Um, So are there any other uh, big summer uh, things you guys are working on or that people should be aware of? Um, There's a couple of things I wanted to kind of put some plugs in for. Um, We've got our taco, which is our teen adventure camp outdoors. Teen Adventure Camp Outdoors. Yeah. Cool. Where's, yeah. where's that going to be at? Um, so they meet at the rec center. Um, we're doing a four-week program this year, and it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of the week. Um, they meet at 9 a.m., and they go and do some really cool trip for the day. Um, so next week, I think, is full, um, but they're going to go to Multnomah Falls. Wow. They're going to go to Jubilee Lake, and they're going to go to Atomic Bowling and Arcade in Tri-Cities. So like each day they get to go do something, you know, else cool and fun. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's 150 for the week. Um, but that covers everything that they do that week. And we do have scholarships available, but Mm -hmm. we've heard from the community for quite a while that there's not a lot of things for teens to do, you know, especially since the skate city, you know, it's not really open anymore. Yeah, that's true. And so we've been trying to bring things back where, you know, that teens might actually be interested in. And so we're looking forward to that kicking off next week. That's awesome. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then um, we did, I did want to let everyone know that we started a scholarship fund for swim lessons. Hmm. And so in honor of Pete Wells, who passed away um, recently, he was a big advocate. He was a city lawyer for a long time and a big advocate for the pool and the swim team. Mm. Um, But our scholarship fund that exists right now, we have not been able to expand to swim lessons because that's solely fundraising effort. Um, but we decided to, in honor of Pete Wells, start a new scholarship fund to help families um, pay for swim lessons. And so we're doing a duck race <laughs> down the slides on August 10th. And you can go to the pool, you know, right now. And you it's $15 per duck, but you can pick your duck. They're all numbered and they all have different, like, wacky personalities. You can get a pink duck with an afro or... Whatever. I wasn't sure what kind of duck you were talking about. Yeah, no, they're like, little rubber ducks. No, little ducks. Or, okay. <laughs> no, rubber little ducks. rubber ducks. Um, but yeah, we're kicking off a fund, you know, that fundraiser, so we can get some funds <clears> in that and help families start paying for swim lessons starting next year. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. So if someone did feel like they needed assistance, where would they would, would they go to the website? And... Um, so the scholarship application is online, and they are also more than welcome to give us a call or stop by the office for a printed one. Um, and we can help them through the application. They just need to bring some form of income verification. 
um, whether that be a tax return, um, you know, or two, two paychecks. Um, if they receive any kind of benefits, they can also bring it. They can go to the DHS office and they print them out something special that uh, confirms, you know, what they receive and stuff. But um, we just use the guidelines that the state of Oregon sets for free or reduced lunch. So okay. we offer a 90% scholarship and a 50% scholarship. Cool. Very nice. So there's so many different hats you wear and so many different things you do with your work. I wanted to ask what are some of your favorite tasks? Like, what do you really enjoy doing? Because you're all, you're having to <laughs> balance and be all over the place. Um, I would say I love marketing um, and planning like events and programs. Um, I, I love doing that and I love grant writing. Um, mm. You know, I especially love grant writing um, for funds that go to our scholarship program. So um, that's just really rewarding, um, mm -hmm. you know, to know that, you know, we put in the hard work to help the families here. And um, I'm just, I'm a people person, you know, to an extent. Um, <laughs> but I just, I love being involved. Um, I would say I, um, I have a lot of FOMO. So <laughs> fear, fear of missing out. So, um, you know, I love to just be involved and, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in what I do, so I like to be able to see a, an event succeed and know I, I helped play a role in that. So yeah. Those are my two things. Well, cool. yeah, if you're if you're willing to be a face for the public and be out and engage in the community, <laughs> seems like you're in the right role. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, either of you go to Wild West Beer Fest? No. Oh. Well, let's it? see. It was June 18th. It was during something else, wasn't it? Was there something else going on at that day in town? So the next day was Father's Day. Okay. Oh, I think what? that's why I didn't make it. I think it. I was out of town. Oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah. How how did that go? That was the first one, right? Wait, um, where was this located? Was this Roy Rayleigh Park? Uh, yeah, no. I was out of I'm town. Trying to remember. I was well, in it was water, it's a fund, you know, it's a fundraiser for youth scholarships ironically. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it kind of helps engage those, you know, like mid-20, early-30, you know, kids, adults too <laughs> that may not have kids yet but still want to, yeah. you know, do something for a good cause. It brings everyone out socially. Um, and yeah, so we raised, um, a little over $9,000 for our scholarship fund so Whoa. far. So that's the equivalent of, we're looking at nearly 200 kids going to summer adventure camp on a scholarship or after school program or. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So what was the name of that? Uh, Wild West Beer Fest. Wild West Beer Fest. And, and planning on it next year oh, as well. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's usually always the weekend before Jackalope Jamboree. Gotcha. Okay. And just kind of describe what the layout and of that was. Yeah. So, um, Just lots of people drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, uh, good food. So, uh, Pendleton catering company came out and they had some really good, you know, barbecue options. Um, but it's at Roy Rayleigh park. Um, we have live music, so everything faces the stage. Um, and I believe we had over 30 beer, uh, beers to choose from at the beer fest. And you just come in and, you know, you buy your tokens and you just start sampling beers and bring your friends. And, um, you know, hopefully next year it'll be good weather. This year has just been so out of the norm for weather as far as Pendleton goes. I think that's what kept people away. I think we had more out-of-towners than locals. We had wow. people come in from the Oregon coast and from, like, Bend and everything for Wild West Beer Fest. So That's wow. awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm... Um, I'm noticing that quite a bit with the events in Pendleton now is that we're getting so many people from out of town coming in. Like Jackalope Jamboree, 
there were so many people coming from all over. And I don't know, maybe that was because the Turnpike Troubadours are here. And, oh, I love that. <laughs> oh. And people were, you know, following <laughs> them around on their tour. But um, it's been really cool to see. Um, before we, we hopped on the podcast, you had mentioned like, oh, you love you love talking about Pendleton mm-hmm. and, and talking it up to people. And oh, yeah. in my line of work as, as a realtor, a lot of times I'm meeting people before they move to the city and they've got questions about Pendleton mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the best things about it and what, what, what it's like to live here. Um, so what are some of the things that you like to bring up to people when you're talking about Pendleton? Uh, I love to bring up just the community support here. You know, you can move to a new <clears throat> town and you make friends within a week. And they have, there's such good food options here for a small town. (laughs) I know it's crazy. Like, oh, I tell friends who live on the West side, you know, about like the prodigal sons, calamari tacos, and their mind just gets blown (laughs) and they have come here for a weekend and they have to go eat at prodigal son for calamari tacos. Um, you know, I love that. And the fact that a river runs right through town, you know, you can, a lot of places walk from your home and you can enjoy like an awesome river walk. Um, I'm really hoping we can capitalize on our river a little bit more and have like yes. a, a restaurant on the river, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, because that would that would put us in another level. Like oh, 100%. Pendleton, Pendleton's an awesome city, and we've talked about this before. It's an awesome city, and there's like a lot to do here, but there's still so much potential for this city. Oh, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of people in the community now, like younger people who are starting to, you know, get older and like really have a vision for it. and. Yeah. Hopefully we can make some of those dreams for the city like happen. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that stuff's in the works. Um, I would say, I think there is a vision for, you know, the river. Um, uh, There's one that the city can, you can look up that's on the city website. Okay. Um, The county has one. um, And there's a committee that actually meets the North Bank Committee um, underneath uh, city council. Okay. And they kind of help work through, you know, some of that visioning process. Um, to try and, you know, know what we can and can't do as far as property goes. Cause there's a lot of private property that runs along the river as well mm. that butts right up to it. But, mm. um, there's some vision going on there. I think it's an untapped resource for sure, but yeah. it's <laughs> awesome. I love that you can just see like fly fishermen right out, you know, yeah. right when you're walking and or you can watch the, I'll raise my hand on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have, I have not, uh, gone to the Umatilla. I'm on a Waihe Canyon, uh, a Waihe river. Sure. Well, that's really pretty as well. So, yeah. Yeah. But, well, um, well, there's some encouraging fish numbers for the Umatilla as we're speaking this, this summer. It's looking pretty good. And it's not like, you know, Umatilla River is a destination to go from a long distance to come fish. <laughs> but it is pretty cool to be able to, you know, five minutes from your home, be on the river fishing. And I just, I just kind of chuckle as we're talking about using the river as a resource because from my perspective, just for the love of like nature and outdoors, but like water's always been the number one most right. important resource. <laughs> so, That's so true. Yeah. So in, in many ways, but totally like business wise, I think we could totally capitalize on that. Yeah. What and, kind of restaurant would you have on the river? We have so many already. Ooh. You know, we don't really have like a good, like a great Italian restaurant. What, that is true. Do we even have great, a, Do we great, have an Italian restaurant? We used to have Como's. We used to have Como's. We were just to. talking about Como's. We used yeah. to. Yep. Used I, would, to. I would almost speak to like the, well, with the fish and we have, you know, hatcheries and the place? seafood or, or maybe, you know, if the tribe would be interested in getting involved with <laughs> distributing salmon or something like that, that as a awesome restaurant idea. food, something like that. I know there's, there's, you know, commercially selling steelhead and stuff like that is, is not 
like a common avenue. You guys sound like the other half of Pendleton that wants to see it grow. (laughs) 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 I've noticed that, that there's a, a strong divide between those that want Pendleton to stay exactly how it is maybe even go back a few years and then there's those that are hungry for more and they want. Sure. And that goes beyond just, you know, Pendleton as far as your political outlook or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but sorry, go ahead, Shannon. Yeah, no, I, I, I've thought about this. Like I, I wouldn't want it to grow too big because I do love the small town feel. Um, you, you feel this in Hermiston right now. Like it's growing so much. Like you go into Walmart or Safeway over there and it's just like wild. The lines are super long and there's so many people around and I feel like I would never want Pendleton to get that big, I guess, or maybe just maybe the growth just needs to catch up with the amount of people and that'll just take time. But I don't know. I think I think we're like 17,000 right now was the 2020 mm-hmm. census census, right? <laughs> yes, we've reached a consensus. It's called the census. Yeah, yeah, the consensus. Is previous episode. Census. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, 17,000. I mean, if we had a population of like 25,000, like, I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and with obviously like with new businesses, new restaurants and, yeah. and that kind of stuff, that would be like perfect, I think. Sure. And there's totally a sentiment of like, keep your Portland out of my Pendleton for sure. Oh, I think there's definitely... Is, is that a bumper sticker yet? <laughs> if it's not, then we need to have a conversation and get something going here. No, I think like anything, just healthy, healthy balance between growth and, and not crazy go- growth where pricing and culture changes drastically, but... Yeah. Um, Tanner said something when he was on the podcast, I think, or maybe it was off the podcast that he said it. Um, he said that Pendleton is like the Nashville of Oregon. And I was, I, I was, I, was, I think he said that. I don't know if it Fort was Fort Worth on, of, yeah, Fort Worth of Oregon. The Fort Worth of Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many people know about Fort Worth. <laughs> um, but he said that, and, and when he first said it, I was like, uh, I don't quite know. Like, I've been to Nashville a few times. Nashville's really, really awesome. So much music all the time. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more, and I was like, well, there really isn't another city that in Oregon, really, that has, like, the country vibe with the potential to really feel like a Broadway of Nashville, like the, like the main street with all the bars, like Pendleton really does actually kind of have that feel. We, we just haven't capped, but we haven't reached the potential of that, of having like live music in the bar all the time and, um, and having some like rooftop bars or balcony, like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like happening. Cause our main street is amazing. Like we could do so many cool things. And I think things. it's slowly getting better. You know, they're starting to like remodel all those upper stories mm-hmm. um, and at least like have more housing, which I think is super cool. Um, and like they're doing Airbnbs, <clears throat> I think up there now too, up in those, but. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, if we can, if we can really utilize all of Main Street and then the river, like we were talking about, and we are starting to have more and more events come up that are becoming bigger, like. I feel like Jackalope was bigger this year than it's ever oh, been. It's so huge. Like it's really catching yeah. on. So we've got that Whiskey Fest, you know, the Roundup concert and Roundup itself, Bike Week, like all these different things. And if we just keep adding and adding, like mm-hmm. Pendleton could really have that like Nashville of Oregon type feel. Yeah. I would love to see it be that tourist destination where like for the most part during the week you get that small town feel, you know, where there's no lines with the Walmart. Yeah. But then also businesses can thrive and like you don't have to leave Pendleton to have a good time. Like you can stay here and have a super cool event to go to yeah. and like enjoy your hometown, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. So true. 
Totally. And one knock that I feel like, I haven't heard this for a while, I think it's kind of an older knock at this point, is that there's nothing to do in Pendleton. Oh, I still hear that. I still hear that. I, more and more, I have to disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's I, your take? I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll say something yeah, real quick. Let's hear your take. I mean, just since moving back, like, last year, I feel like there's something going on all the time. It's like we have Jackalope Jamboree, and then we just had the 4th of July parade, and the, like, the whole park thing right after that. And then right after that, you have Wednesdays in the park, mm-hmm. for Wednesdays, music in the park, and then you've got movies in the park. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's so much going on right now and then if you're not doing you know any of the stuff that's going on in the city you can go up to the mountains or you can go to the river go play golf or the columbia Mm -hmm. or you you know so go to go go to patra have you guys been up to the pendleton adventure trails oh actually the ones by the by the airport airport Mm -hmm. just Uh, discovered that a couple weeks ago but tell us about that oh it's awesome i don't know how many acres it is it's huge with over like 20 miles of trails and it's like on the mountain biking websites you know like people come here you know there's one in echo too Mm -hmm. um but people come here to to like trail run and mountain bike at the pendleton adventure trails and it's one of the other places in Pendleton where you can, like, have your dog off leash. So, like, you can take your bike and you can go mountain bike and have your dog run with you. And cool. it's just super cool. And you get to overlook Pendleton, which I think is awesome. I have an old mountain bike, so I'll have to take it up there. Yeah. I have ridden it in a while, though, so I might have to How long has that been operational? Since I've been here. Oh, I mean, really? Yeah. I, I think it's a little bit newer. Um, the bike club in town, um, you know, kind of helps manage it. Yeah. Uh, but it's been, yeah, I go up there quite a bit too. It's pretty awesome. And it's a great place in the winter too. Like when you don't, when you want to get outdoors, but it, you know, there's not four service roads open. Mm-hmm. You can just go right up to the airport and you can, you know, have that go hiking a little bit and, you know, go out and walk and feel like you're kind of outdoors and away from the city, but you're right there. Yeah. So people walk it, walk it, hike it and like mountain bike it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. pretty cool looking. It's basically, I mean, like you said, you go up to the airport to get there. But it's basically like right above the solar panels. Yep. It's to, kind of to the side of the solar panels, right? Yeah. If you were on the freeway. Because um, I see you, it all the time coming down mm-hmm. the hill. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you would go, you would drive up and you would turn left right before you go to the airport hangar and you'll like drive past the World War II hangar and you'll go all the way down. And instead of turning right to go up to like the National Guard or like yeah. Elkhorn Media, You'll just take a left, like, into a gravel parking lot, and yeah. it's right there. Yeah, and we have a sign. It. I just passed it the first time, like, a week ago. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, cool spot. We're going to have to check that out some more. Yeah, definitely. Just another hidden thing in Pendleton <laughs> to do that people don't yeah, know about. Yeah, you can about. have so many hobbies here. Like, if there's, <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another here that you can just... I think it's a very much outdoor, you know, enthusiast area, and we get sunshine most of the time. <laughs> oh, that's what I love so much about <laughs> Eastern Oregon is... Yep. The amount of sunshine we get. And I love that you knew that we get 12 inches of rain because <laughs> that means you care. And that's because <laughs> I, I knew it was 12 as well. Because yep. when I lived in Eugene, I was like, how much rain are we getting here? <laughs> I looked it up and it was like, yeah, 55 inches or so. And I was like, how much rain in East in Pendleton, Oregon, 12 inches. And I was like, gosh, I got to move back to Eastern Oregon. Can't you actually get anymore. excited when it rains here. Right? Yeah. I actually love the rain here. Well, although we've had... A too lot much. this spring. Too much this spring. I heard we had three times the amount we normally get. Oh, I, I feel like that's an understatement. 
It seemed like a lot. I thought we brought like Eugene with us, but I feel like <laughs> oh, I feel like it was. It felt like winter still. Like it kind of like yes. never really got a spring, and then suddenly yeah. now it's hot. Yes, well, that's pretty much how Eugene feels every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, after the droughts and the heat from the last year and, and a couple years before that, though, I was like, eh, it sucks for our guys having to work out in the field and get poured on and blown around in the wind. But we needed that rain, so yeah going to have to live with it. So one philosophy we talk about with our podcast is localize everything. Mm -hmm. And we talk about like, you know, you can look at a a variety of different things and say that like trying to make that thing more local is going to improve it. So whether it's like the food you're eating, if you can localize, you know, getting meat from local sources or farmer's market with that farm fresh food, or even your entertainment, there's so much to do. We've talked about in Pendleton or Oregon alone. Um, just share with us maybe a thought you have about something local that, that really means a lot to you. Ooh, local that means a lot to me. <laughs> um, I would say I can't like specifically say one like item, but I think the, su- the support that businesses give to one another in this you know area is super cool. You know, like you'll, if you go to, um, OMG burger, you know, they locally source their beef and then, you know, you can get buns from a local bakery. Like all of their buns are, are home baked and, you know, you'll see, um, you know, Oregon grain growers distillery vodkas, you know, on their shelf. And I think some, I think that is a really neat aspect to know that, you know, everyone's trying to support each other. I know Oregon grain growers, you know, gets a lot of their hamburger from Heinz. Mm. And I think that in itself just really speaks upon the importance of local and that, um, you know, not one restaurant, I don't think had to close during COVID. I was just saying that earlier today when, you know, I was talking to a friend about, like you said earlier, how many awesome restaurants we have, cool places to eat for the size of our town. And then thinking back at how they they dealt with, you know, doing the takeout only or delivery, you know, businesses really adapted, I think, to, to the craziness of the couple of years. But they also all seem to weather the storm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a testament to, you know, the businesses and their ability to adapt and overcome. It's also a testament to our you know, our community for continuing to, to make the decision to, to support those businesses. Before COVID, I hardly ate out. It was a treat, but then it was, I have to support the businesses. So I had takeout all the time. And now I, now I still can't kick it. You know, I've got to go have my, I have my spots now where I gotta, gotta go eat like every week. Calamari tacos at Prod. Calamari tacos at Prod. I'm going to have this tonight. Actually, that's where uh, our, one of my meetings is going to be at. Um, the James Cagney pizza at Oregon Grain Growers. Ooh. I turn everybody to it and I win them all over. What is on what's that? On, yeah, what's on okay, the James Cagney? Okay, it's like this like white citrus sauce and then mozzarella, big old slabs of pepperoni and hot honey on top. Mm, wow. wow. They are really creative with some of their oh, different pizzas. That is creative. I've not had one that I didn't like though. No, they are all so good, but that one like I crave it on the daily. Yeah, Prodigal is definitely on our high list of repeat offenders for places to eat out. We, and we basically can't go to Prodigal without getting cheese curds because of my wife. Those those fried That's cheese so curds, oh my goodness, they are unreal. They are so good. Yeah, and the good beer, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But the distillery, yeah, they, they do a great job, really creative with their menus. And what I like is that, you know, we haven't eaten there a ton lately, but you could probably go back to, to the distillery every couple weeks or month or so, and there's new food specials and you can try something you've never had before. Have you guys been to Backfire Station? 
Yes. I have not been there yet. Oh my gosh. I really I need to. I love it. They are so cool there. Really? Yeah, they're great. I bartended a little bit there over the oh, winter okay. time. You know, when I can't ride horses, I have to do something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they come out with food like all the time. They have a like chimichurri steak sandwich that they just came out with. I had to like figure out how to make it at home because it was just so good. You, <laughs> you know, didn't ask him. No, I no, I like I was still you know I didn't want to take the recipe, but I like ran home and I figured it out. But they're just so good. Yeah, and that whole situation, you know, renovating the so the backfire. I'm sure most listeners have heard of this, but basically the old fire station on court was uh, renovated to be basically a motorcycle repair shop slash kind of bar restaurant. Pretty cool place to eat for sure. So cool. they actually do motorcycle repairs. Oh yeah, that's like there, and they have a um, <clears throat> kind of like a parts. I want to say like fabrication fabrication business. Wow. So they also have. Um, I want to say one of their businesses is Moto Stuff. So that's one business, and what's the other one? There's an SRC Moto. Hmm. So they also run those businesses out of Backfire Station. And they have their motorcycle repair spot. And they have, like, an Airbnb kind of, like, hostel situation going on for, like, passerby motorcyclists. Really? And then they have the bar, which... That's, that's all at that same location? All of it. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's so cool. And those owners, like, they give their heart and soul into that. Like, they want it to succeed so bad. And it's just... It's awesome. I know they are busy. If you drive by there when they're, you know, they're open Thursday through Sunday, they are packed every time. Every time I drive by, it seems to be very busy. Yeah, so. it's been uh, it's been a popular destination for some of the guys after uh, the end of a long week. Go grab mm-hmm. a coldie at Backfire, and and like you said, the the ownership seems to be really solid there. I, I like that. Um, you know, you can catch them out visiting with you in a in any given evening mm-hmm. while you're sitting there having a beer. Mm-hmm. So, yep, another cool business in town. But um, yeah. lots of cool businesses. We just got to <laughs> keep on that train, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, add more and more. <laughs> well, did we miss anything going on with Parks and Rec this summer I'm that we? To, ha- I'm trying to think here. Uh, Parks and Rec, we've got UAV camps going on right now, so that's like drones and yeah, like okay. all of that. And we uh, Senator Ron Wyden came up today. Wow! And checked it out. So he was just checking out the, everything up at the range. Up, yeah, up at the range, and you know, made an appearance at our UAV camp, and which was really cool. Um, I think we've wow, just got we're, so much going on. If you don't, ha- if you don't have a summer activity guide, grab one because I designed it. Oh, nice. So, I know you can find those at the library, but where are some other locations? You can find them scattered around town. You can come to the parks office and pick one up. Um, there should be some like at the Roosters and Safeway. So Safeway has um, little dockets uh, in the entryways where you can go grab one. Yeah, check that out. You want that one? Man, who designed this? This looks amazing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it looks really good. And this is, yeah, this is super informational. Informational. There's lots of stuff in here. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, So there's always something to do. There is. And, you know, like I said earlier, I guess we, our relationship with Parks and Rec is mostly through our families. You guys do a great job of catering to, to young families, but there's definitely, you know, activities and parks and stuff to do for all age groups. So, yeah. If you, uh, if you're, you were you know. a t-ball coach, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about that experience, right? <laughs> well, so last year was, um, 
my son was in the four or five group. It's, it's split into two groups. There's four and five and there's six and seven. So last year I, I took it on with my son for the four and five group. I enlisted my dad and, and my brother also helped some and, you know, some a fellow a father on the team. That I came out of, so I've coached base. I'm a baseball guy. I coached baseball a few years too after college. Um, and so, like coming out of baseball, coaching retirement, and and taking on four and five year olds <laughs> was uh, a little bit of a different ordeal. But a different vibe. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was it was a total blast. The kids had a great time. And I think it's just, you know, trying to learn and understand what your expectations are when you're doing it. So if you, I mean, with four and five-year-olds, you have to have parents that are, you know, keeping kids from throwing bats around and stuff like that. It can be a challenge. You shout out to, like, those preschool, kindergarten teachers right? that have to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a job I couldn't do. Oh, man. I feel like if <laughs> yeah. you would have... if you met me in the middle of t-ball coaching versus any other situation you probably have a very different impression of who i am but then anyway we had you know another season this year with the six seven year olds we can't do programs like that without wonderful volunteer coaches like yourself (laughs) thank you i helped out again this year but uh bobby and addy Corey actually kind of took the lead on coaching for for our team that was a lot of fun with the six and sevens and that age group difference going from four and five to six and seven made a huge, huge difference. I mean, the kids are just way more willing to focus and have a longer attention span and you're not trying to groom them for major league baseball at that point, but they're at least receptive to some, some basic tips. And now we're, we're going to be, my older son's going to be in little league the next year. So I'll get back in it and I'll, I'll pull, uh, pull grandpa out of coaching hiatus again <laughs> to get involved. Well, he's, uh, I learned from him. He's a good coach to learn from. He, I don't know if I told you this, but he coached me on the Cubs. Oh, my dad like did? Little League, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know he stayed Bobby through. Bobby Smith? Yep. Shout out to the Bob. Yeah, did. I don't know if he was friends with, maybe he worked with, I think Doug Rowe was our coach. Did he ever work with Doug? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I think, yeah, Doug's still selling for Pepsi, Pepsi and yeah. my dad was there for many years, but actually has been uh, working for the department in the water department for several years and oh, wow. loves it, so. Didn't know that. Yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> so. Cool. Well, Kaylee, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, like we were talking about earlier, like there's so many ways for people to get um, get involved and volunteer, whether it's mm-hmm. like helping out with a park or volunteering to coach. Um, and is the best way for, for people to sign up for those kinds of things just to go to the office and talk with you guys or go on the website? And- yeah, you can go to the website and get more information <clears throat> or just stop by the office Um, we, you know, we use volunteers for so many things. Um, sometimes we have projects, you know, that we'll need to do, um, in the parks, you know, to, to get something going. Um, or we just, you know, have our adopt our park program, our adopt a river walk program. Um, we need volunteers for a lot of like our events. Um, so we'll look for volunteers, you know, anything from like our winter carnival to, you know, our breakfast with Santa, daddy daughter Mm -hmm. dance. Um, a lot of those programs, we rely on, you know, the help of volunteers as well. So, Okay, cool. Awesome. Anything else, Ryan? I don't think so. Thanks so much for joining us, Kaylee. Yeah, no, thank you for having me.